It's a quick take from Aspen Ideas to Go in the Aspen Institute. I'm Trisha Johnson. Today, want to raise creative kids who learn how to think for themselves? Go easy on the rules. Each week, we surface an insight, a story, or a fascinating idea worthy of your attention. And we promise to keep it short, often under five minutes, never more than 10. Today's quick take is from the Aspen Ideas Festival and features Adam Grant, a professor of management and psychology at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. Grant wrote the originals, How Nonconformists Move the World. He spent a lot of time thinking about creativity, how it thrives, and how it gets quashed. When it comes to fostering creativity and independent thinking, parents often get it wrong. Many put too much emphasis on rules, he says. Instead, parents should focus on the principles behind the rules. This simple concept, which isn't easy to uphold, helps kids learn how to think for themselves. If you want to raise creative children, you've got to put values above rules. If you look at high school students and you ask teachers who are the most creative students in your school and you compare them to the rest of the students, you will find on average, ordinary students had typically six major rules in their household growing up. The creative children had less than one rule on average. So create like two thirds of a rule and your work as a parent is done. Now, of course, you're going to have rules, right? But when you have rules, kids are much more likely to internalize them when you actually explain the why behind them and say, look, this rule has a principle that matters deeply to us. And I was reading this research right when our two daughters were, they were about seven to five, and they're running around our family room about to trample our, at that time, baby son. And I'm really worried that somebody is going to get injured. And I hear this alien voice come out of, of my mouth that I've never heard before, which was, no roll, no running in the house. <laughs> and the great thing about being a psychologist is that every day you get to confront your own hypocrisy. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not doing any of what this research says. So the whole point of, of tying rules to values is then instead of just following rules and conforming to authority, kids actually develop principles for themselves and they think for themselves and they're much more likely than when they're confronted with something they disagree with or don't believe in to challenge it. And so I start thinking, okay, I've got to do something. So I, I sit down with our oldest daughter, Joanna, and I say, Joanna, why is it dangerous to run in the house? And she says, well, we could hurt our little brother. And I ask, well, do you want to hurt him? No, no, I don't. Okay, well, what do we need to do? Now, at that point, I'm creating a monster because Joanna then not only makes sure that she's not running the rest of the day, she also practically locks her younger sister in a chokehold to make sure that she won't do it either uh, and becomes the enforcer of rules. When it comes to teaching right from wrong, Grant says it's more effective to praise the person, not the behavior. Praising the child helps them internalize values as part of their identity, says Grant. And the easiest way to make sure that your kids are learning values is to think about the way that you praise them. I know you've all been exposed to Carol Dweck's work on the importance of growth mindsets, praising behavior and effort, as opposed to ability or intelligence. In the domain of character, this works a little bit different. So I always thought if I wanted to raise a kid to be an original or a giver, what I should do is wait until they engage in the right behavior and then swoop in and say, wow, you know, that was really nice. Or wow, that was a really creative drawing. But the evidence actually suggests that in this domain, instead of praising the behavior, it's better to praise the person behind the behavior. So what I should have been saying all this time is not, wow, that was really helpful, 
but instead, wow, you are really helpful. Not thank you for giving, but instead thank you for being a giver. And what's neat about that is that actually helps children internalize values as part of their identity. So the next time they have a chance to do this behavior again, they think about that as fundamental to who they are, and they're more likely to repeat it. This, by the way, works for bad behavior too. So if you want kids not to cheat, instead of saying don't cheat, you say don't be a cheater. And now the behavior casts a shadow. Right? I can cheat and still be a good person. But when you say don't be a cheater, now I actually have to make sure that my behavior is in line with my standards and my moral principles. Finally, Grant says don't underestimate this emotional powerhouse, disappointment. It's one of the most effective emotions in instilling morals and values. Of course, you have to worry a little bit about kids misbehaving. And there, there's an emotion that, that works for parents better than any other, which is disappointment. Disappointment is this great statement that says, I had such high expectations of you, and you fell so far short of them that I hardly ever want to see you again. But I believe you could do better next time. And disappointment seems to work because it forces kids to feel the emotion that's more moral than any other, guilt. Irma Bombeck put it best, guilt is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and it's actually true, right? When you express disappointment, kids are much more likely to feel guilty about the wrongs that they've done and try to repair their behavior in the past and improve it in the future. And I think disappointment for bad behavior coupled with character praise for good behavior is the best way to raise kids to be giving but also to be original, right? Instead of, wow, that was creative artwork, wow, you are creative. Instead of, you know, you don't have to follow the crowd and be a sheep. You are a nonconformist. And my parents understood this intuitively. Growing up, my mother always said, no matter what grades I would get, as long as I tried my hardest, she would be proud of me. And then she would add, but if you didn't get an A, I'll know you didn't try your hardest. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Listen to Grant's full conversation on our website, aspenideas.org, or find a link in our show notes. That's it for today's Quick Take. We hope you'll share it with a friend. I'm Trisha Johnson. See you next week.